Hi, Bill. How are you doing today? I'm well, Robin. Happy March. How are you today? It's the 1st of March. Well, 1st of March today, uh, I'm a little sad, a little disappointed, actually. I'm here hmm. traveling the world, meeting fellow Catonians throughout and enjoying the joys of Israel. However, 1st of March is St. David's Day, the patron saint of Wales. So as such, I don't get to enjoy daffodils, leeks and dragons. Instead, I get to understand security incidents and how we can grow and develop. But still a little sad how to be the hometown. I understand. Now, so fun. So what do you have for me today? Well, Robin, I, I wanted to talk to you about XM Rig yet again. Now, I know we've talked about it before, but a little different spin today. Okay, okay. So XM Rig, oh, I think we talked about that several episodes ago. And time is a flat circle. So just for the viewers, what is XM Rig? Well, XM Rig is actually a software that is utilized for cryptocurrency mining. And it mm -hmm. is... Uh, it's a it's a piece of software that is not uh, it's certainly not considered malicious by any stretch, but uh, it, we're we're seeing it used in some unique ways by threat actors again. So so let me let me kind of swing over to another software, Robin, and that is Final Cut Pro. Have you ever heard of Final Cut Pro? Oh, I love Final Cut Pro. It's a lot you better than iMovie. Ah, oh, it's not as good as Adobe though. You have to go for the Adobe suite, but that's my preference. Absolutely. Well, now, so there are a lot of people that feel the same way as you, Robin. They really enjoy Final Cut Pro. But anybody who has spent time working with Final Cut Pro knows that it comes with a pretty hefty price tag, right? There's quite an investment you've mm -hmm. got to make if you're going to utilize Final Cut Pro. Well, here's the thing, Robin. Mm -hmm. In people's quest to save the 299 US dollars and make the translation to your own currency. <laughs> Oftentimes folks will get out on the good old internet and they will look to see if they can get a hold of copy of Final Cut Pro without having to invest that pesky 300 US dollars and get that license. But here's so the problem. Free, tr free trials, that, yeah, free trial? Free, what, what, what could possibly be wrong? No, not a free trial, full version of the software. And, and certainly we can find that out there, but he, here's what we're actually seeing right now. And, and the campaign that I'm going to share with you is, is in a later iteration. But what we're finding is that there are copies of Final Cut Pro that exist out there on the internet that you can download free of charge. But here's the catch. Rather than paying in terms of the fiscal investment up front, these versions of Final Cut Pro are Trojanized. So when you download this version, that's right. When you download this version, once you install it, that version will in turn download XM Rig. And again, XM Rig, a completely legitimate software. So it's probably not going to get caught by something like an anti-malware because it's legitimate software. It'll download XM Rig and install it on the user's device and then begin to mine for cryptocurrency. Again, theft of resources. And as that cryptocurrency is mined, it gets sent to an attacker's crypto wallet. And we, the, the, the way that this is actually working, this particular campaign is working, is that it sends that crypto uh, over I2P. Now, Robin, are you familiar with I2P at all? You ever heard of that? What is I2P? 
Yeah, I2P, I, I, I'm not surprised if, if it doesn't ring a bell. Most people have heard of Tor networking. They know that that's kind of a network overlay for the purposes of anonymity and, and being able to send network traffic without it being, uh, being monitored per se. Uh, I2P is very similar. It, it, I2P stands for the Invisible Internet Project. Uh, I2P is also an overlay, but it is a decentralized peer-to-peer -peer anonymizer. So it uses public key cryptography. It even does uh, IP steganography. So you, you have trouble seeing where the traffic is coming from or where it's going to. Further to that, it will do message authentication to try to prevent unauthorized third parties from compromising. The point is, this is incredibly hard to detect and that cryptocurrency that's being mined will then be sent across i2p back to the attacker so that they have the money in their wallet oh wow so this kind of sounds like a resurgence to the old limewire days of old you know people would acquire their peer-to-peer -peer networks they would acquire cracked or key gen versions of software and when they were grooving out to the cool chip tune music the family computer was spinning cpu cycles catching fire and people were stealing pictures from the webcam there you go are we just experiencing the past again you know we are and we are not only experiencing the past from the techniques that you just mentioned but this is actually the third generation of this this type of theft of resources, the first generation using this exact uh, technique with XM rig and exfiltrating the data happened back in 2019. And it was with Adobe, Robin. So you even mentioned that earlier. The first one was with Adobe back in 2019. Mm -hmm. As mentioned, this is now the third generation. And some of the added features and functionality that we're seeing in this third generation is evasion. So let's mm -hmm. think about this for a second. Obviously, Mac OS does look at applications when they're downloaded from the internet and utilizes mm -hmm. what's referred to as a gatekeeper. They perform gatekeeper checks. And if they see that the software is actually not a signed version, um, Mac OS users know that they'll get a pop-up that warns them that, that there's something not quite right with that particular piece of software. But what mm -hmm. this does, this third generation of compromise using Final Cut Pro is that when you install that compromised Final Cut Pro and it subsequently installs XMRig and you try to start up the application, Mac OS, um, particularly in Ventura, it will catch it. It will say, no, no, this is not an authorized version of this software, which will make you suspicious. Mm -hmm. But by that point, the damage is already done. XMRig has already been mm -hmm. installed. And furthermore, it's evasive. So there's actually a loop that gets installed in the background that watches for the user to start activity monitor. So if you're from a Windows world, think of it as mm -hmm. task manager. If they start mm -hmm. activity monitor and that's detected, the loop will automatically kill XMRig so that they can't see that it's actually mining cryptocurrency in the background. And then once they stop activity monitor, the loop spins XMRig back up again. And as they say, Bob is your uncle, right? They begin mining more cryptocurrency and sending it back mm -hmm. up. So this is a doozy. It's a Gen 3. We are seeing the past yet again, but additional mm -hmm. features and functions to help it evade any detection. That's kind of scary. And it's the equivalence to alt-tabbing out from your game as your, walk, your boss walks by. So that's <laughs> interesting. I haven't come across many malware that do that sort of activity process monitor kill loop. So... 
I have to to give kudos to the the designers of the malware, even though we you really do. Now, the obvious way to circumvent this issue is not to use unlicensed, unauthenticated, unapproved pieces of software. I think we can all agree right. that that is the wrong way to go about business. There are open source alternatives available for pretty much every product, sure. and there are also free and community editions available. So, you know, right. hackers will be hackers, crackers will be crackers, and people will always try and find ways of getting the software. So in the right. event that somebody has a pirated version of Photoshop or they have Final Cut Pro or something along those lines, how could you mitigate or prevent this XM rig issue from happening? Great question and very important question. So this one that we're talking about today, this Gen 3 of, of this compromised Final Cut Pro, there was some analysis that was done on it and Jamf Threat Labs uh, actually said that they could see that almost in every instance, this compromise software is coming from a site uh, that I think a lot of folks are familiar with called the Pirate Bay. So we've got several steps along the line. You've heard of this. No, 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 never, never heard of it. I don't know. Never heard of it. (laughs) As they say, Robin, denial isn't just a river in Egypt. But obviously, (laughs) if we know that that's typically where it's coming from, certainly DNS reputation can can help to stop this. You do need to make sure that you are doing TLS inspection, though. I I can't emphasize Mm -hmm. that enough. A sign that you cannot see is not a sign. and, And that's just the bottom line. But to take it even further, having an intrusion prevention system that works in conjunction with your secure web gateway, that's really going to be the way that you catch something this tricky. The endpoint may be compromised, but when you are looking at a, a, a SASE solution, you've, you've, you've got that security service edge, having all mm-hmm. of these pieces coming into play and most importantly, sharing context between all of those engines, that's what's going to help you catch this because it's a little bit complex. And again, from the end user's perspective, this thing knows how to hide away when when you begin the investigative process. So we're really going to need to catch that at the security edge uh, to be able to identify that that's taking place. That's the way you do it, Robin. You just have to have multiple contexts. Wow, that sounds like a lot of effort, but luckily with Cato, life gets a bit easier. Uh, fingers crossed, if, if that ever does happen to you, if you end up with devices mining crypto, if you end up spinning up and you're connected to the Cato cloud, we prevent that. The Stratum protocol, Exxon rig, we block it by default, which is nice, which is nice, especially, I know crypto is a very shaky issue for many countries. I know some countries make it illegal to mine crypto and you don't put yourself in that hot water, so we keep you protected. Hey, That's right. Do you know what else goes very well in hot water? Pineapples. 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 I love pineapples. I, you love I love pineapples. Them. Well, you know what? The Dole Company also loves pineapples. Are you familiar with the Dole Company? Very familiar. I can head to my grocery store right now and, and hopefully get a bag of salad. But for some reason, Robin, the shelves have been a little bit empty of my, my favorite salad. And I, I have a feeling there's something going on in the supply chain. Indeed, there's a salad shortage, and it's not because farmers don't want to grow. Now, the Dole Company, if you're not familiar, they're headquartered in Ireland, and they create a whole bunch of 
produce, fruits, veg, and other stuff, they have a turnover of around $2.3 billion a year. You know, some people might say that these this is cheap, salad is cheap, but at that profit, things are a bit different. Well, recently, they became a victim to a slight ransomware attack. And unlike yes, marathons, where you run somewhere, this ransomware attack actually shut down the majority of the production plants in North America. People couldn't access their files, they couldn't access their data, and crops could not be harvested. With these plants shut down, loads of produce was spoiled, and overall things went wrong. Now, we've talked a lot about ransomware in the past. We know ransomware is a big issue, and ransomware has such an impact on the every person that we need to be more aware, and we need to prevent ransomware as much as possible. But Bill, why do you think they got infected. What would you think the root cause might have been? You know, I know that for this particular instance, they're tr they're still trying to determine that. But obviously, we've got an entire kill chain that we have to address here. First and mm -hmm. foremost is that initial infiltration. And Robin, I think where this gets very tricky is that we we've looked at the statistics. Back maybe a couple years ago, it could take upward of around sixty days for ransomware deployment mm -hmm. to take place. Latest statistics, less than four days, Robin. So somewhere mm -hmm. along the kill chain, we're, we're, we're missing the boat. And when that footprint gets established, that ransomware begins to start, uh, you know, begins to start collecting uh, the data and, and doing, you know, the encryption, mm -hmm. whether it's a double extortion or even a triple extortion. But yeah, it's uh, somewhere along the line, we're, we're missing the picture. Well, somewhere along the line, the initial reports point, and this is allegedly, I always say allegedly, to a remote code execution vulnerability exploit in mm -hmm. one of Fortinet's products, the FortiNAC, Network Access Control. For those who are aware, yeah. I've got the number here, it's CVE 2022-39952. Now, this has been patched by Fortinet, and if you go on their website, you can download the patches, you can put them on your devices, and you can make sure everything is shiny and lovely. But this was not flagged as an incredibly high, important vulnerability. So if you're paying attention and have, ensuring that all of your 9.8 and above CVs are patched, this might not caught your attention. Now, if this alleged entry point breach was the cause, and I say alleged because they haven't done their full investigation, it highlights the importance of patching, upgrading, securing, and being aware of every single facet and element on your network to identify the kill chain. It's easy for people to say, you should have patched your service. It's easy for people to say, you shouldn't have downloaded this file. But by the time you get to that point, you're victim blaming. Instead of saying, oh no, how, what can we do in the future to prevent this from happening? People say, you should have, you should have, you should have. Now, if you're listening to this and you've never been part of a ransomware attack before, Life gets scary. Everybody starts shouting. And if you work in network security, people will ask you, why are we paying you? But if everything goes well, people also ask, why are we paying you? It's kind of a lose-lose situation, um, but just like working in support. Now, this vulnerability, this Fortinac vulnerability, Cato protects against it. We are, honestly, Cato and Fortinet, we can work side by side, but we're in the same competitive space. But we think it's important that we need to protect all of our customers. So this sort of vulnerability could have been caught by our IPS, intrusion prevention system, incredibly simple. 
no, we have full coverage. And in the event that ransomware had been breached and somebody magically slipped past our defenses, you could still prevent the lateral movement. But Dole, unfortunately, are now paying a hefty, hefty price, which unfortunately could have been avoided if they had that full perimeter security. So when do you think you'll get salad again, Bill? I know you're missing <laughs> it. I know you look hungry, not just for data, bits and bytes, but for actual produce. How well, long you know, I, take? I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to switch to another carbohydrate, Robin, and I, I don't know if that's going to go very well. But uh, I, I, I really want to amplify something that that you said, which is so important. And and I, I love to to use stories the way you do to to use examples and. For this situation with Dole, here's uh, an item where certainly the the company was was making sure that the big pretty door at the front of the house was adequately secured, but for some reason the little rickety ugly door in the back was maybe deemed uh, not necessary to 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 give that kind of attention. And threat actors they they really don't care which door they're walking through. If the door is there, they're going to use the door. So love the, the, the concept that you present of, of rather than having multiple doors, we can go security by obscurity, have, have one door in and make sure that that is really, really well protected. And uh, hopefully if we do that, then there, there's going to be no disruption, including to our salad. But in, in both of our cases that we've shared with each other today, the, the motivation was, was financial. It was, it was a fiscal motivation. So let's also understand that threat actors can often be motivated by the same thing that our organizations are. And that's, that's making a profit, right? Uh, it, it, it is what it is. And uh, so I, I can hope and I'll stick with my starches for now and hope that, you know, those beautiful bags of, of, uh, of Asian salad are going to show back up here real soon. Either that or we take the ketogenic approach to network and security and just focus on the proteins and the fats. We could certainly do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bill, thanks for your time today. Until next one, you stay safe out there. Robin, good talking to you. You be safe as well.